Don't you understand my accent? Then why are you laughing? Good morning. <laughs> Who's the loud mark? Okay, the reading today is Acts chapter 12, uh, 1 to 5, and it's on that page on the big screen. So, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four guards, four squads of four soldiers each. Sixteen, that is. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So today's topic is a persecution for the gospel. And the famous theologian, uh, John Stott, you may have heard of him, he defines persecution as a clash between two irreconcilable value systems. So the passage, we, uh, passage of scripture we are looking at today is quite brief. It just fitted onto one slide. It is not because persecution is of little significance. Persecution is mentioned all over the, uh, the Gospels. It is mentioned in the book of Acts uh, and uh, many other passages in the New Testament. And indeed, uh, other ancient historical documents uh, covering this period of time in history do not fail to mention persecution of Christians. Persecution seems to be a constant and a certain companion of the evangelist. Why is this the case? Jesus predicted uh, the persecution of his followers in Mark 10 uh, verse 30, Mark, uh, Matthew 10 verse 28, and so on. In the parable of the sower, Jesus says when persecution comes. He doesn't say if persecution comes. So true to his word, the followers of Jesus have been persecuted for as long as the true church has been around. Um, what's more, we will continue to be persecuted for as long as the church proclaims the true gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> In the early uh, spring this year, the Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, uh, appointed a study into this very subject of the persecution of the Christians. I think this is the first time such a study has been uh, conducted by at such a high level of government. And <clears throat> obviously a report was produced at the end of that. And <clears throat> this is what was reported, highlighted in that report. And this is the, the screenshot of the news article run by the BBC. No friend of the persecuted church, by the way. It is at 
near genocidal levels. So I want to give you some statistics to kind of back this claim. These uh, sources are there at the bottom there. And there are more than 70 million Christians have been killed for their faith since the church began. You may have heard the, the books by the Fox's, Fox's uh, Book of Martyrs and so on. This is throughout the ages for the past 2,000 years. And more than half of that 70 million were martyred in the 20th century from 1900 to you know, 1999. That's the 20th century. And you know, these, these are the enlightened times. And they were mostly in the communist and, and fascist governments under the rule of such governments that these martyrs were <clears throat> killed mostly in the 20th century. In the 21st century, roughly 100,000 um, to 160,000 killed each year and so on. It's, it's all there. And then per month, if you look... At the statistics for month, 322 Christians are killed. This is around the world. And the numbers are there. And the top 10 countries for Christian persecution directly as a result of their Christian faith are these. North Korea, starting from North Korea and, and down to number 10, Eritrea. Now, there are other countries um, that follow as well. So this is just the top 10. And out of the 50 countries listed by Open Doors, uh, there are six countries, uh, the six countries that Christians are killed most for their faith as a you know, directly resulted, uh, re direct result of their faith are these countries, sub-Saharan African countries. So I believe that report is quite accurate in that the persecution of Christians are at a genocidal level. What's next? Okay, let's leave it there. <clears throat> so the gospel of Jesus Christ is a message of love, peace, and reconciliation. It's not a violent message. And there are other messages and teachings from around the world that claim to bring love, peace, and reconciliation. And this, the gospel and the other messages are either accepted or rejected by the people. But there is a difference between the way the gospel is rejected and the way the other messages are rejected. More often than not, in the Western world, the rejection of the gospel is not a passive, amiable, and a peaceful rejection. The basic truths of the gospel itself, such as the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our sinful nature, God's grace, and our inability to save ourselves or earn salvation, are questioned, scorned, and even vilified. Often it's an active and aggressive rejection with threats of silencing its messenger or evangelist. This is because of the built-in rebellion that we as a human race have towards God 
because of our fallen nature. The second reason is uh, the God of this world. He will also do all he could to prevent us crossing over to the other kingdom, the kingdom of God. Therefore, Christ crucified is a stumbling block, according to 1 Corinthians 1.23. It is an offense because it shows us salvation has nothing to do with our so-called good works. It has nothing to do with our good works. We don't deserve it. We cannot earn it. And we certainly cannot stop or prevent the gospel propagating or spreading. In other words, we cannot control it. Salvation is a gift of God freely available to anyone who submits to the truth claims of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to anyone who put their trust in God through Jesus Christ, the gospel is freely available. And this hurts our pride. We, as humans, we want to do things. We want to earn things. We, we need to feel that we deserve it and we've earned it. This is the pride that we have. And this, the message, gospel message, focuses in on that point there. And when we, our pride is hurt, we react, usually aggressively. So this is the reason, these are the reasons we see persecution whenever the gospel message is pre preached. Because the gospel in itself is a message of love, peace and reconciliation. But it invites this aggression <clears throat> because of those reasons. So Jesus predicted or in even promised persecution uh, for his followers. So do we experience persecution today? I'm referring to this country, the Western world in general, and also we as a congregation. You may be hard-pressed to think of a time you faced real persecution because of your faith. While in many parts of the world persecution is harsh and overt, we too face a persecution of a different kind. In my view, the persecution we face is covert and imposed through to social conditioning, uh, through the education system, uh, through the media, definitely, uh, through the entertainment industry, and various other ways that we take information. We are conditioned to think a certain way. And subliminally, we are told that we can, we, what we can and cannot speak about. And what ideas are old-fashioned, what ideas are deemed bigoted. Uh, and we have to keep our faith private. We are strongly discouraged, if not outright prohibited, from promoting godly biblical values in the political square or the public square. 
we are strongly encouraged, if not forced, to embrace ideas that contradict our faith-based values. Our freedoms, our freedom of conscience seem to be choked more and more. Step out of line, we might experience lawsuits and, and other inconveniences such as loss of a job. Yesterday morning I was at a men's breakfast at Christ Church in Flackwell Heath and the, the keynote speaker was a prominent, a very successful cancer surgeon. He's now retired, but when he was at the peak of his um, uh, career, he was fired because he shared the gospel with his patients. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so he couldn't progress in his career, in, in the, the career he loved, because he shared the gospel. He was fired. If you are an academic or, or a politician, for example, unless you align yourself with a specific set of accepted ideas, you may find it difficult to, or even impossible, to progress in your career. We know of a politician, recent politician, who was a leader of a certain main party. He had to step down, resign, because he was a Christian and his values did not line up with the values his party has begun to very strongly promote in the recent times. So this is the kind of persecution we face today in the Western world. So getting back to our passage in Acts, we see Herod is persecuting the, persecuting the church in general. He had already killed James, who was a prominent leader of the church at the time. Peter was uh, incarcerated and was facing a, a potential, potentially terminal situation. Although the church of Jerusalem were not actually inside the prison house of Herod, uh, they too were under the threat of persecution. Uh, similar to the situation that we are in today, uh, the early church in Jerusalem were told what they could and could not say publicly. So while Peter was in prison, the church were outside, but praying for him. I won't go too much into the story because I don't want to steal the thunder of the speaker from next week, who will complete the story. So I will stop there. The pe Peter was in prison. The church were praying for him. So from our passage, I've, I've drawn some parallels that I see in the present world. So Herod is, is Satan, who has always been persecuting the church. Uh, Peter... Uh, and James are the Christian believers of the world who face harsh and imminent persecution. So like the, the story of that man, the taxi driver, that the video we watched. So that's James and Peter. Um, and this persecution, particularly in the Islamic world and authoritarian countries, um, and in communities where it, it, it's, there's severe intolerance uh, to... The, the accepted norms in that community. So we, the Western believers, uh, I see as the Jerusalem church, praying for Peter in this particular story. So although our topic is persecution for the gospel, I don't want to overplay my hand 
and assert we are under persecution to a level uh, of our lives, uh, to a level that our lives or livelihoods are, are in imminent danger. I don't think that is true to say that. Uh, admittedly, that we are nowhere near as persecuted as some believers are from around the world because we still enjoy uh, a, a certain amount of freedom and rule of law in this country. That doctor I was talking about, he actually did contest it in the high court and he actually won after nine years. He won compensation, he, uh, you know, he was compensated uh, financially and then he took it to a tribunal which also he won and compensated for. So there are mechanisms in place in the Western world still, praise be to God, uh, that when these things happen we have uh, a course of action we still can take. So we are enjoying that privilege, uh, but persecution is still there in these other ways that we went through. Uh, so we are in a position, for example, to freely assemble like we do now and to worship God. And if we are careful with tact and wisdom, we can even share the gospel with people in direct or indirect ways uh, in our communities. So from the relative comfort of the freedoms we enjoy in practicing our faith, how often do we think about our persecuted brothers who do not have that freedom? How seriously do we consider the sufferings they go through, like that taxi driver, because of the gospel? What level of burden do we carry in our hearts? empathizing with them, and how often do we pray for them? So in what ways could we allow today's passage to influence our lives? Because one day, when the saints of God, that's us who believe in Jesus, stand before God all together to worship him, shoulder to shoulder, the persecuted saints are going to be among us, probably very close to us because, you know, think of 70 million. Uh, 